0: Hmm. Alright, dear podcast. Let's uh let's have a little chat. <laughs> it's funny, I use this platform as a way to just, I don't know, sort of like an audio journal. If you have issues, if you struggle, I suggest people journal, write, create, produce. And I think this podcast is more and more turning into that. It's like this is what's on my mind right now. This is the sort of the long strokes view of how I'm feeling. So you know, if that's what you're keen on, strap yourself in, let's go. <laughs> uh, what's been happening? As I've mentioned over the f- previous few episodes, medications, working, not working, working, not working. And to be honest, I've just given up on it. It's, I tried again. I saw a psychiatrist who, you know, very good, very competent, talked me through a bunch of options like, hey, this is what you should do, get me through ideas, tried another one and it just, yeah, same same issue this apathy, this pain, this depression, this feeling of non-existence. It's not even just, it's not even like a a depression per se of sadness. It's like a nothingness. It's like a not feelingness. And obviously that is a symptom of depression, I suppose, but it was dangerous. I didn't feel safe. I felt more, you know, more at risk in those moments on the medication than I felt in any other sense. So it's clear that it's not for me um, coming off the medication I'm recognizing that I'm in a hmm, crisis mental health crisis I'm not well and I don't think I've been well for well years right but it's a matter of degrees and it's a matter of trending upwards and you know part of what i'm what I suggest what I talk to people about what i what I offer is Look at the whole self, look at the holistic self, and look at what you need to do to best advance yourself to your end goal. I finally discovered a calling, my writing, my poetry, my creativity. And this poetry and creativity is healing. So it's if I can turn that into a way to make a decent wage, a decent living, then we're golden, right? But in the interim, I'm still recovering from childhood trauma, unprocessed, repressed issues. And I'm going to talk about that a bit today. But... But I like, I moved out of home at 16. I had issues, you know, traumas that I'm still struggling to deal with from when I was in grade three. So, like, you eight or nine or whatever. Like, ooh, it's a rough, um, it's a rough, long journey. And I, I'm realizing that I'm still in fight or flight mode from that. I'm still dealing with that. And it's coming to a crux point where I just can't manage, you know, I was. I had a job. I was working a job. I lost my job. Um, due to no fault of my own, just funding changes. But when I realized that that job was masking my ability to function prior to that, I had a job that was helping me. But once again, change of jobs, change of careers, my functionality reduced. And you know, like I, like I look at myself and I, okay, I could go get a quote unquote typical job, but how long, how long could I, how long could I hold on to that job for without breaking down? <sighs> because I've been running. Because I've been running and and just in this panic mode. People who know me personally know that I struggle to connect, know I struggle to turn up, know I struggle to be present. My partner said to me, She's like, You know, I, I feel like I don't connect with you. And that sort of triggered an idea in my mind. It's like, Well, I don't connect with you much, but I don't connect with my kids much. I don't connect with friends, activities, myself much. Why? What is going on here? And I'm you know, looking into trauma. It's like this fight or flight mode. I'm still just in this fight or flight mode. Why can't I rest? Why can't I relax? Because I'm stressed about money. Because I'm there's stuff that has to be done because of resting anxiety. So losing the job. And the house that I'm living in uh, is getting sold. Or got sold. So it's like a rental insecurity. And the new owner is an investor. But he's upped the rent by $100 a week. Which is just unaffordable. It was unaffordable before and now it's stupidly unaffordable. I have some savings. I have some support to back up, but it would eat away in that support and those savings very, very quickly. Thankfully I've got a place to move into um that is affordable, but it's a it feels like a step back. It feels like relying on people relying on my parents, relying on your know, stepfather, relying on others, admitting defeat. It's an ego cut. But it will give me time to heal, to recover, to focus on what I want to be doing to extend, to grow. Because I'm struggling because I'm at my wit's end, because I am burnt out, and burnt out probably from childhood, I'm still dealing with that shit. And I wanted to sort of use this this episode, this, this, this session, to just express that to you, that, you know, you can hold on to trauma. A friend of mine recommended, she recommended to do a co-breathing, eye-gazing activity with my partner. You know, look into your partner's eyes, put your hand on their heart, your hand on your own heart. And vice versa. So you're connected to them. You're connected to yourself. You're looking at their eyes and you're calmly breathing. And the idea is that you should co... That will help you to co-regulate. You know, people heal through co-regulation. If someone else is calm, they help to calm you down. That's how kids calm down. But people that have had complex PTSD struggle with that. Struggle to connect, struggle to calm down. So it's like the idea is that you do that activity. Co-breathing, calm breathing. For, you know, 5, 10, 20 minutes, as long as it takes to feel safe. So we did that today. It was beautiful. It was lovely. And it sort of opened up a bunch of stuff in my mind about how I'm feeling about myself, about the world, and memories. I remember when I was young, when the trauma first started happening, mum and dad broke up, split up, stepfather came along, and this guy was not a safe person. And I think that's when the trauma, major trauma started. My memory of that place is low. So it seemed to be. This is that eight or nine years old. And I remember at that time... Someone introduced me to a spiritual practice of, you know, having a space in your mind, basically, that you can go to as like a solace, sanctity, safety. And I took it and ran with it. But for whatever reason, I took it and ran with it. And in that space, in my mind, I set myself a sort of avatar of myself, a copy of myself to, to be doing um, sit-ups perpetually to get strong, to get safe. And just set him to work, close the door and lock, close the door, lock, you know, lock the door and, you know, and throw away the key sort of thing. And when I check into my mind, that room still exists and that boy is still doing setups. And, you know, flash forward to today, I have belly trauma. You know, if we look at it from a, um, not that I'm, you know, down this path, but if you look at the, the points of the body, the chakras, you know, the, the the crown, third eye, throat, all that sort of stuff, I feel like I'm pretty open. In my crown, I can connect to the muse, creativity. I'm pretty good at introspection, third eye, right? I can speak and express pretty well. Um, obviously, that's a craft that I'm working on. Heart, okay. And um, yeah, you know, sexuality. Look, there's issues there, but it's okay. But the ones that I struggle with is the solar plexus, this belly button, and this root chakra. This idea of like being grounded and connected to the ground. And obviously, I'm just using this as a uh, as a way to express. Um, Concept. I'm not like all in on the chakra thing by any stretch of the imagination. It's more that it's a good way to sort of like check into the different aspects of your past and your psyche and where you're at and where you're blocked and that sort of stuff. And for me, the absolute major blockages of everything is solar plexus, belly button. Um it's yeah, I feel that. Like I, I check into my belly, and there's just this if I allow myself to feel it, feel this sort of healing and this energy, it's this sludgy gross disgusting sort of feeling and if i exercise my belly too much if i stretch my belly too much if i check into my belly do pressure point um treatment you know massage treatments on my belly it triggers me it's it, it it's hard to deal with um so there's issues there so I'm, I'm sort of wanting to open that up and maybe go into my mind and open that door and you know hug that inner child and be like hey you're safe you're free, you're calm it's okay it's okay to be calm it's okay to rest it's okay to do these things because yeah like it's it's a rough one you know it's a rough one So I guess I guess what I wanted to share with this with this episode is that trauma lasts and it's a process to work through. I meditate every morning mindfully, but I think I'm going to switch up my practice to a inner child work, to a healing work, to a checking into my belly work, to a guided visualization sort of work of just unlocking and processing and just allowing myself to feel and sort of, you know, get some movement going into that energy space of the belly, get some opening up going there, because what other option do I have, you know? On the positive side of things, this move, whilst it will feel like an ego cut, whilst it will be draining, whilst it will have issues, all of those things. It will allow me to do more work on my poetry, on my writing, on my art. Because it's working. Because people are connecting to it. Because it's going okay, you know. But I can't help but think that if I had more time, mentally, it would go even better. So, yeah. I also, um, I guess what I want to do with these podcasts is also, you know, take them as an opportunity to share some of my work. So, I'm going to be sharing different um, chapters of different books. I I try to release what I do over time for free. Um, And one of my most popular books is How to Get Your Shit Together. This is a book of advice that I wrote extensively to myself, basically being like, hey, this is how I feel about the world. This is what I've found works for me. And every time I revisit it, it teaches me new stuff, right? Because it's like, this is like advice to myself. Um, You know, I've read a bunch of self-help books, done a bunch of therapy. I'm going to go back over and update it at some stage, but... It was me summarizing all the bits of advice. So I'm going to leave you with a chapter from How to Get Your Shit Together that talks about, you know, being it's okay to take a break, to relax. And I guess my hope is what I'm going to use the the parts of the podcast for is just sharing my work, sharing a poem or a piece that um, relates to the topic that I've been talking about. So it's sort of like a bit of contextual thing. And maybe this is a higher version of me speaking to myself. But yeah, with that said, um, this is a chapter from the book, How to Get Your Shit Together. And you can grab a copy as a paperback ebook or audio, and I'll chuck a link in the show notes for that if you like. But yeah, I'll play that now and stay tuned because I've got more of these, more podcasts coming if you're um, keen on this content. Anyway, catch up. Chapter 2.7, Give Yourself a Break. Almost anything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including yourself. Annie Lamotte. You are allowed to relax, it is okay to look after yourself, and you should be occasionally spoiling yourself. Rest, recover, and heal. Self-care is a vital component to defeating depression, as well as to preventing all forms of mental affliction. Yet self-care is often overlooked, discounted, or put so low on the priority list that it never gets done. I know I'm guilty of this. When I consider all of my work, house, and family commitments, and other responsibilities, it is easy to become overwhelmed with just how much needs to get done. This isn't even accounting for all of the dieting, exercise, writing, learning, and practicing that I know I'll need to complete if I want to follow my dreams. It is too easy for self-care to take a back seat for another time. But that time will never happen unless I make it. Experience has shown me that failure to give myself a break can lead to a breakdown. I run the risk of overworking, overtraining, overthinking, and not getting the rest time that my mind and body really do need. Regular rest periods are vital for optimal mental health and performance. If you have a breakdown or become sick or injured, you will not be able to produce anything of value. You will be forced to take a break anyway, Only this time, it will be because you've pushed too far and are now suffering. It is far better to preemptively rest. That way you'll be back in action far quicker than if you break down completely. When to give yourself a break Overtraining is a constant hazard of mine. Typically, I exercise at least twice per day. This is great for my mental and physical health, but it does come with some risks. Overtraining is a phenomena that presents with the symptoms of anxiety and depression but is in fact caused by a wearing down of the body. The problem with overtraining is that it's caused by and exacerbated from more exercise. So the first time I became overtrained, I thought it was just a bout of depression coming in. So rather than rest, I decided to train harder. Unsurprisingly, I quickly came to regret my decision as my mental state significantly plummeted. I now know what overtraining feels like and I'm very quick to take action. I make sure to train less. I up my intake of fats and protein, which are great for recovery. I will have warm baths, get a massage, meditate and stretch. Every time I overtrain, I learn more about the limits of my body and how far I can push it in the future. I apply this same approach to all aspects of my mental state, Give myself a break whenever I need it. Knowing when to give yourself a break is not an exact science. However, you can become quite good at knowing when you likely need to do so. If you find yourself suffering from the symptoms of a mental affliction, you are probably in need of a break. While sometimes it's helpful to push through, often it's not. Rest can be the best medicine and should be taken the moment you know you need it. Ideally, you would give yourself a break before you start suffering from the symptoms of a mental affliction. When you notice the warning signs of an oncoming mental affliction, you can take that as a cue to take a break. How to give yourself a break The first part of giving yourself a break is to accept that you are deserving of one. I've covered how to handle negative self-talk in Chapter 1.5, Overtly State Your Anxiety, so please refer back there if you are struggling with the little voice in your head that's telling you that you are not worthy of taking a break. If you believe that you don't deserve a break because you haven't earned a break yet, please consider that regardless of what you have or haven't done, or if it was objectively enough, you still need the break. You may never feel like you've earned the break yet your body and your mind will need it regardless. If you wait until you've done enough, you may fall into a deep depression and never finish what you set out to accomplish anyway. Like all people, you need to rest. This is unavoidable and should be embraced, because with the proper rest, you can perform at your best. Different ways to give yourself a break. Go to sleep. Stretch. Watch a movie. Eat. Socialise with friends or family. Play a video game. Have a bath hug a dog, get a massage, change activities to something different, meditate, take ten relaxation breaths, read a book, drink some tea. I cannot stress the importance of taking a break when needed, for both mental health and also for effective performance. Humans did not evolve to do the same function repeatedly for hours or days on end. It is completely unnatural to study one subject, perform the same tasks, and be in the same place or be around the same people for extended periods of time. You will eventually need a break. Taking a break will help you to come back refreshed and ready to perform. In chapter 4.2, Learn How to Learn, I highlight the scientific findings that show that students learn best when they study in blocks of around 45 minutes. After 45 minutes pass, a student should ideally take a small break and then return to studying, this time choosing to revise a different subject. You will eventually need a break. While it may be tempting to push through and get it all done, your performance will continue to diminish to such a level that you will likely have to repeat that task anyway. Instead, you should take a break before you break. Frequently Asked Questions How do I know when to push through and when to rest? This will come from experience. I know that that answer is unsatisfactory, but you need to develop the skill of introspection. Carefully monitor how you're feeling and performing. Do you notice a change towards the negative? If so, you may need to rest. I tend to err on the side of caution and prioritise my mental health. This involves giving myself a break sooner rather than later. However, if I get it wrong, I don't end up wasting much time because continued introspection will reveal that I'm in fact okay and ready to get back into action. This process has taken a long time to refine and is continual. Have patience and it will come. How can I justify giving myself a break when so many people are relying on me to perform? It seems too selfish to relax. What would happen if you don't take a break and you end up suffering from a mental affliction, illness, or injury? While it may seem selfish to do it preemptively, you will save far more time and get a lot more done if you rest a little bit now, rather than being forced to slowly recover. I cover the concept of selfishness versus self-care in Chapter 6.10, Are You Doing Enough? Summary. Taking a break is one of the best preemptive measures you can use to avoid the onset of mental afflictions. If you push through and break down, you'll be out of action for far longer than you would have rested for anyway. So that was a chapter from the book, How to Get Your Shit Together. It's out now as a paperback, ebook, and audio. And I'll put a link into the show notes so you can grab a copy. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time.